Welcome to Page One or Bust, your ultimate guide to getting on page one of search engines. This interview features a true marketing powerhouse, Lindsay Chekma. As the CEO and co-founder of Casted, Lindsay has been at the forefront of a marketing revolution. With her company's innovative product and groundbreaking new category, Amplified Marketing, she's been empowering marketers to tap into their creativity and forge deeper connections with their audiences while still achieving and measuring real business impact. In this episode, we will dive deep into the world of amplified marketing with Lindsay and explore the cutting edge strategies and techniques that are shaping the future. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Page One or Bust is brought to you by Demand Jump. Get insights, drive outcomes with Demand Jump. Get started creating content that ranks for free at demandjump.com today. And now, here are your co-hosts, Drew Detzler and Ryan Brock. Welcome to Page One or Bust. This is your host, Drew Detzler. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Ryan Brock. Yo! Ryan, how's it going? Oh, it's so good today. It's cold. It's rainy. I'm still uh, depressed because it was warm yesterday. But whenever you're listening to this, I don't know. I don't know where you are. I don't know what the temperature is. So join me in my misery, won't you? Yeah, check local listings. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, we'll cheer you up because joining us today is Lindsay Chepkma, the CEO and co-founder of Casted. Lindsay, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Lindsay, it's it's very intimidating having you on this show. Uh-huh. We've been doing this for a while now, but like I've never had like the CEO of a podcast tech company uh, and, and like a, just a pure professional podcaster like be on this show. So now I'm just like thinking about every word that's coming out of my mouth and I'm hating it. No, it just doesn't get much more meta than this, right? It's... <laughs> See, what we need to do is talk about meta being meta on a podcast about podcasts, and that would just break the internet. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's too much for my brain. Do you feel like the position you're in and the company you're at, you get asked to be on a disproportionately high number of podcasts? Probably, yeah. Which is fun. I love it. This is the best. That's, that's my next question. Yeah, I don't think you start a podcast company if you're not a super big fan of being on and interviewing people on podcasts and listening to podcasts. So yeah, I'm, this is great. I love it. Awesome. Ditto to everything Ryan said. I I am more nervous for this episode than I have been for any other because of your expertise, but oh no, we won't let it show. We won't let it show. So let's take a look here, Lindsay. Before we dive in, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about Casted and how it came to be? Sure. Well, my background is in marketing. So I spent 15 years as a B2B marketer, specifically in brand and content in B2B, always B2B. And in my last role, I was the VP of brand and content at a large global SaaS company. And as part of that, as a fan of podcasts, as we just mentioned, I was like, you know what? We need to do a show. This was 2016 going into 2017. And so we started a podcast, an audio-only podcast. Also did a video series uh, where we interviewed a bunch of industry leaders. And it was great. It was super fun, of course, as we all know. But I was really disappointed that I had no way to really measure the things that I expected I could measure as a B2B marketer. Like, who's consuming my content? How are they consuming my content? What's it doing for the business? How is it contributing to sales? And it was really, really difficult to use that content in any other way. The podcast was the podcast. That's it. And unless I went back to an audio engineer and said, hey, can you make me a clip of this specific timestamp window? It it was what it was. It was just kind of locked up in this box. And so faced with that reality and that difficulty and also the possibility of losing my budget for this podcast because I couldn't prove the value, I was like, you know, 
there's no way that I'm the only one. And so the idea for Casted was born to say, hey, you know, this is this is so much more than a need for B2B podcast solution. This is truly the future of B2B marketing is using shows like this to create pillars and to be nice. used across lots of other channels and to prove the value. Like I, I believe so much in this as the future of B2B marketing. It was like, there's a there there. And if not me, then who? And once I saw it, I just, I couldn't unsee it. So that was four years ago. Here we are. Wow. Yeah. Well, dear listeners, uh, I hope that by this point you are familiar with the show's philosophy on marketing and SEO and why, like, you know, why I got into into doing this show and, and what we're doing today with Pillar Boost Marketing, because it's all about like, ooh, I'm asking people to spend money on content and it takes a long time to do anything and we don't know which pieces are going to do something and we can't really justify it and people run out of patience really fast and we lose that money. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I, I hopefully uh, people are hearing some of that in what you're saying, because like, we're so alike in that perspective, Lindsay. It's just like, look at any aspect of business and, and yeah. there's so much data and there's so much just like easy technology that makes our lives easier. If you're in sales, you've got tech out the wazoo to quantify and break down every aspect of what you're doing. But if yeah. you're like, you know, if you're a writer or you're a podcast host, you know, it's like, uh, hope you've got good creative sensibilities because that's what this is all banking on unless you have yeah. something good to yeah. back it up. So yeah, that's so cool. Well, and the tough part too is as some as a creative, content and brand is kind of largely seen as the creative side of marketing, right? And it's very top of funnel. It's not only frustrating, it's it's detrimental and it's actually harmful to one's career and, and potential finances and upward mobility because those in the roles that can prove their value they're the ones who get the promotions. They're the ones who get the budget. They're the ones who get the things. And when you can't prove your value, as we're seeing and feeling right now, your budget gets cut, your job gets cut, you don't get the promotion, you don't get the CMO role. And that's not because you're not doing a good job. It's because you can't prove that what you're doing matters. Yeah, it's interesting looking at it from inside of a tech company. It's like marketing getting budget cut. You hear that that's going to be the thing that happens. Like, oh, we're going into a recession. Marketing's going to get their budget cut. And like, Drew, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. Like, absolutely not. Like, not if you if you have a direct line between spend and lead generation, conversions, anything that you're doing. It, yeah. Like, I think yeah, for the yeah. most part, businesses are logical, but they have to understand it. Exactly. Yeah. Marketing budgets get cut because they're not tying it back to revenue or they're not tying it back to revenue properly until Lindsay's point. I wholeheartedly agree. Mm -hmm. Well, right. And I, what I see you doing all the time as a CMO is taking money out of one bucket and putting it in another because like that bucket's not doing a good job right now, but this other bucket has been doing a good job right now. And like being able to make those decisions with some sense of like, I'm informed and I'm actually looking at real data is critical or you're just guessing and guesswork is what cost me my hair and it sucks. <laughs> don't blame it all on guesswork. Come on. 75% guesswork. I don't know a single male in my family that had lost his hair when he was 26. So it can't wow. be genetics. Okay. Guesswork. It's guesswork. 100% mm -hmm. guesswork. Uh, no, I, I completely agree. And that's why I'm excited about what Casted is doing. Uh, and that brings me to what I want to talk about today and something that, Lindsay, I've heard you mention in the past and quite often is what we're calling this, this next phase of content marketing and what you refer to as amplified marketing. Absolutely. What is the philosophy behind amplified marketing? Sure. Okay. So the whole basis of amplified marketing, really similar. Ryan and I geeked out originally about this because <laughs> yeah. there's, there's so much yep. alignment with, with pillar-based marketing. The whole philosophy is go get creative, have a conversation, prioritize human connection. 
do the thing that your marketer's gut knows you should do. And hopefully they're using data to know that you should do. Make that. Make a show, make a podcast, do that. Then amplify it. And what do I mean by that? Atomize it, ring it out, clip it up, pull it apart, repurpose, reuse, put into playlists. Use that thing, that, that nucleus across all different channels to expand your reach, to be more efficient. You create this one resource that you can use in myriad ways, expand your reach, expand your impact, and then measure its impact on the business and then keep keep going, mm. keep looping back, keep re- repurposing what you already have, look at how it's performing to inform what you create more of. And it's, it's more efficient, which is really important in times like right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really effective because as we know, repetition is really important and really helpful as you're reaching out to customers and as you're reaching the market, because you're, you're hitting on that same message over and over. And yeah, that's, that's the basis of it. SEOs pay attention because- you know, one of the things I still hear from people nowadays, because pillar-based marketing and, and, and amplified marketing, they, they cover different subjects to a certain extent, but mm-hmm. it's the same idea of like, you know, we're looking at, tell me what people actually search for. And I don't care about your search volume or your, your other metrics that you use to evaluate a keyword. I care about how often on different buying journeys does a, does a question get asked? Mm-hmm. Does that mean I should write about that thing? And from there, you start seeing the real world of like where you need to be if you want to be found. And a lot of times that means you got to say the same things in a lot of different ways and answer the same questions worded slightly differently. And I think to some marketers that feels cheap or lazy or spammy. Um, I've heard people say that that's not writing for humans. It's writing for, you know, the, the robots Mm. or whatever. But I I think it's, it's like a very human act to like meet people where they are and speak their language. Right. Well, it's how you do it and it's why you do it. Right. It can be really gross and very, I mean, you could use chat GPT to do that hundred percent. Should you? Yeah. I don't think so. Yep. But a really cool way to do that, and this is where we can work so well together, which is so exciting, <laughs> is to get informed and say, okay, this is the question that's getting asked. This is my opportunity, right? And then what if you had a conversation about it? And you kind of fueled that conversation, a very human conversation. And one really tough spot that marketers get put into a lot, especially content marketers, is that they have to pretend to be the expert on something, right? So if you sell semiconductors, you represent a brand that sells semiconductors and you're the content marketer, it's really hard to write the content for that. Or if you're like super, super technical business, but what if instead I knew what people were asking about semiconductors and I went to you, Ryan, because you are the expert of semiconductor land. As we all know. And then also to you, Drew, and like you were my two interviewees and I, and I had, you know, conversations with both of you because I'm not the expert, but you two are. And then look at that. I have these two hours of rich content that I could feel that I could kind of direct our conversation to answer the question that my, that I know my audience wants to know. And I can just ask you. And then myself and my team are fueled with just data-rich information from experts answering the questions they want that I can use in a hundred different ways. That's that's being journalistic and making human connections. That's not spammy or robotic at all. Love yeah, that so much. Completely and agree. for the record, Drew doesn't know anything about semiconductors, and I wouldn't trust a word he says. <laughs> oh, man, I was going to call you out. Ryan doesn't even know how to spell semiconductors. You beat me to the punch. Wouldn't that have been a fun fact if one of you was like, actually, I am an expert in semiconductors? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, to an extent, I do feel like I, I, I'm i a little bit out of touch with that stage in my life. But, um, you know, for a long, long time, owning a content agency, agency as a writer, I do feel like I developed that. Yeah. And I know that like our writers at Demand Jump 
are insane repositories of like all this industry information and stuff. And it's like, I think not to disagree with something you said, Lindsay, because I agree with what you're saying a hundred percent, but I think that like there is room in marketing for like people with a very specific set of skills, you know, mm-hmm. that can go out there and can research like nobody else and can translate technical information like nobody else, because like the core of everything we're doing in SEO is still the written word so much of it. Mm-hmm. But like, even while that's the case in practice, Audio and video are given so much more priority by any search engine, any media platform, because we know that people consume it and they love it and they need it. And it's just easier in your life for so many reasons. I think I need both depending on the topic, but like, I know that if I were a writer and I, if I were to come to the conclusion, which I have in in the past working with different customers or clients, like if I come to the conclusion that like, actually, no, I need to do like video content for this company for whatever reason, because like, like that's where that audience is. I can't, it's a lot harder for me to take like research skills and the ability to write in a company's voice that succeeds for a blog and translate that into video content for this business that's going to be found in the right places and and have that like conversational tone. So yeah, yeah, like the ability to do that and and pass the buck on authority is like so cool. It's a really interesting concept. I love it for sure. Yep. I love that. I love the idea of integrating all the different types of media that we're creating. I mean, on the SEO side of things, we know that search engines reward pieces that have rich content on them and have video and audio snippets. Yeah. Because like Brian said, that's what people want. That's what people gravitate towards. So I love the idea of a better way to integrate them mm-hmm. through solutions like that and through amplified marketing. So Lindsay, who's using amplified marketing in the way you think about it today? Are there, you have some examples and yeah. who else should be using it? Yeah. I mean, we focus on mid-market to enterprise B2B, right? That's that's where Casted focuses. Okay. But my vision and kind of who is amplified marketing for, it's for truly any, any marketer uh, at any size business. And I have a dream that someday, regardless of whether Casted is a good fit for your, your business or not, amplified marketing will be a part of your strategy. I mean, not mm-hmm. unlike inbound marketing and whether or not you're using HubSpot, inbound marketing is part of basically everybody's yeah. strategies these days. And the fact is, is that going back in time, like I said, I've been doing marketing for a very long time. And when I first got started, you know, everything was about written content and blogging, which is great, right? But that was before we could stream video. That was before podcasts were a thing. And so yeah. to me, it's like, what if we what if we started with the experts? What if we started with the intent data? What if we started with being more informed and and less guesswork of like what should we talk about and and what's our channel strategy? How are we gonna what are we gonna do for our blog? What are we gonna do for our podcast? What are we gonna do for videos? What are we gonna do for social? And instead thought from a more integrated approach from a centralized place of like, who's it for? Why are we doing it? Yeah, yeah. Who are the experts that we can go to? What are the topics that our audience is most interested in? How do we do that first? And then it becomes so much easier to just ring it out and not do it over and over and over and over for every single channel. So to me, it's it's for every brand. It's for every marketer, specifically like within the marketing team. At this point in time, I mean, it's a content marketing function. Sounds like you're saying that regardless of the medium, a marketing team in 2023 needs to be functioning like a production company or like a publishing company, like publisher of a magazine or a producer of a like a news entertainment show uh, where you got to find the talent. You got to connect that talent to your people and you got to process it and get it ready to put out in front of the right people and uh, pay attention to how people respond to it and then give them more what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the more that marketers can be creative 
creative and conduits, you know, like they can think about connecting them, connecting humans with each other and connecting humans with ideas um, and being the conduits through which that happens. I mean, that's fun. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a really fun job. And then having, having the, the methodology and the tools to make it efficient and measurable, that's, that makes it even better. I love it. Part of it sounds journalistic. Is journalistic a word? I make up more words on this show. Okay, it's a word. It's a a very journalistic word. Okay, yeah. I like that. Uh, it, it sounds very journalistic, right? About going to, uh, if if you're in a marketing department and you're not the expert on the subject, going and connecting Finding with the experts. Are. Yeah. And starting from the inside and working out, really becoming an expert yeah. on the topic. Yeah. And I think when you think about journalists, sometimes they do an interview, right? Yep. Sometimes they do research. And either way, a journalist usually <laughs> um, doesn't pretend to be the expert, right? They're not like... I am writing about this. It's not an opinion piece. It's not a, a column. It's not a thought leadership piece. It is your reporting, right? Oh. And I think that when a marketer has the respect and the space within their org and the tools needed to be able to to be journalistic and, and be like, I'm the one who's going out and finding the information, I'm finding the experts, I'm finding the data, I'm, I'm finding the resources that I need, and I'm providing it to my audience because I know that this is what's going to be valuable to them. That's the role that we we get to play. And that's a fun role to be in. A lot less pressure to be everything to everyone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I see. I as a creative writer myself, I've always thought in terms of like marketing through the lens of the writer's job, and it's just it, at the end of the day, the, the point is like if you want to succeed in marketing, on even if like you're dealing with technical subjects or like really really uh, heavy cerebral topics or whatever, like the better you can connect two people and two ideas, the better you can help spin a story in the right emotional context, like the more successful you're going to be. And that remains as true as ever. Yeah. hundred percent. So what if I need help with, with doing that? What, I mean, what if I like as a marketer, maybe I have a limited amount of time. Maybe I, my team has different kinds of skill sets. Like how do I build relationships with partners who can help me boost my content or get these stories packaged up, find my audience? Like, what do you think the most critical jobs in, in amplified marketing are and how do I find the right people to help me with those? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously you should work with Casted and with Demand Jump. I mean, mm-hmm. once you check those two boxes. No ahead. shame. No shame. <laughs> <laughs> but truly. Okay. So getting within your team. So let's let's say you are a team of one, right? I've been there. And you don't have people that you can work with. You don't, you don't have that luxury. You can still, like I've, I've done this. You go and you ask, like turn yourself into a reporter. Go and say, okay, I'm going to talk to the people within my company. I'm going to talk to the CEO. I'm going to talk to the product leaders. I'm going to talk to the salespeople. I'm going to talk to the customer success people. Interview them. Like I, I did that. And that will give you a ton of source information. And then you can go out and do some research and look at what people are writing about and what people are interested in and start there. I think that's ground zero of like, if you have nothing, do that. Interview your internal people and do some research about the external you know, intent and start to push those together. If you do have the luxury of some resources, I think that, that that still is true. Like ask a lot of questions, get really curious about the thought leadership that exists within your company, the resources that you do have, the customers that you have access to, to have proof points, the partners that you have access to, to say, how, you know, how do we work together to solve needs? What questions are they getting asked? What questions are we getting asked? And how can we expand the networks that we have, our collective networks by working together? 
And then looking at, at partners that can help you answer those questions about what are people searching for? What problems can I solve for my audience? How can I better understand my audience? And who are the experts that can help answer those questions? Because it doesn't have to be you. So look within your team. I think that that's, um, even if you're a marketing team of one, look at other people in other departments who have information and insights and thought leadership and knowledge uh, and get asked questions all the time. Sales gets asked questions all the time. CX gets asked questions all the time. Product support gets asked questions all the time. How can you answer those questions and how can you how can you get the answer to that question and then use that answer in a ton of different ways on a ton of different channels? That's great advice. I love it. I love it. Um, something you said there around answering the questions that your audience is asking, answering the questions that people are asking is something that we talk a lot about in and around SEO is meeting the buyer where they are in their journey and just answering the question that they're asking at mm-hmm. that time. Uh, so that resonates. Just so simple, but it's so easy to overlook. Exactly. Just- it is. And a lot of marketers do. A lot of marketers, uh, I, Ryan says it all the time, a lot of marketers jump straight to the sales pitch, right? They immediately go to, here's why you should use us, rather than just answering the questions that people are asking and letting them get there and being genuinely helpful. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing on that. Like we've said it a lot that a lot of marketers go straight to the sell. And like that, to me, it almost sounds like a, like a truism or a platitude or something like it's, it's just something that we say, and is that real? Or a lot of marketers still thinking on that level. And I think what's important for us to like acknowledge is that it's not even necessarily a conscious thing marketers are doing like so much of the data marketers have had available to them, especially in content marketing for the last decade have been grasping at straws, trying to prove that this is the right way to go, even though you still aren't going to know for sure if a piece of content is going to connect with your audience until months later. Um, And it's a lot of wasted time and effort. And so like, of course, you're going to be incented as a marketer to focus on like the topics with the most search volume or the ones that you see your competitors talking about, even if you don't have anything original to say. And a lot of times that's going to lead you down the path of like, well, why are we spending time answering basic questions that people have about a topic when there might be a lot of people asking those questions and a very small number of those people might want to buy something from me? Like, why shouldn't I focus on the things that stand out? And I think there's a lot of marketers who like have been in that so long, it's hard to get away from it, especially if they have a boss who cares about marketing and, mm-hmm. and potentially could be weighing you know, sales pipeline needs or whatever else is going on in the company in, in their advice and their, their pressure that they're putting on. And so it's not that I think marketers aren't trying to do this stuff. It's just like really hard to cut through the noise and say, Oh, like I can create value for my business by also just putting good things into the world for people. And like, that's hard to, to find sometimes. It is. And to a certain extent, you need a leader that gets it. Um, which mm-hmm. cool. How am I going to get that? I don't have that, <laughs> but like you need someone who, who understands that not everything that can, not everything that matters can be measured and not everything that can be measured matters. Like there's that whole thing and, yeah. and, or right away, um, content mm-hmm. brand is a marathon, not a sprint. Sometimes you create something and three years later it blows up. That is the, the content and brand game. And we know that. But not everybody does. And that's why budgets get cut. And that's why initiatives that are really, really have a lot of promise get cut or don't get funded in the first place. And that stinks. But I think what is there any foolproof, solid way to solve for that? I don't think so. But one thing that we're trying to do at Casted is provide more and more support. Like, okay, 
who's listening. Even if I can't say like the podcast is driving $10 million in revenue today, like I know that these accounts are listening and therefore it's actionable by sales, right? Like it's every little bit that matters, every little piece of information that can be helpful. And, you know, I know that demand jump, same thing. It's like, how can you provide support to the content marketer that is working so hard to be creative and to be that connective tissue between their brand and their audience and um, kind of chip away at it. But it, it is, it's really, really hard, especially when you see your counterparts that have a much more direct line to revenue have their projects and their tech stacks get funded um, yeah. when your creativity that you know is working doesn't. It, it's this, really hard. This is something that that Toph, one of our you know, original co-hosts on this show and, and my co-author for, for the book, Pillar-Based Marketing, we, we addressed right out the gate that like that's why we need the methodologies like Pillar-Based Marketing and Amplified Marketing in content specifically mm-hmm. because like marketers need a seat at the table and like if you want to rise to the top if you want to really influence the direction your business is going mm-hmm. you need to be visible and like even if you can't like you said even if you can't prove my podcast is driving 10 million dollars of revenue or whatever every time you can go to your your bdrs and say hey this company's listening yeah. maybe you should look into them you're creating visibility in another company Absolutely. or you can go to your your customer success team and say this account's really been active like that means they're engaged like let's let's do something with that but like it starts having an effect everywhere in the business when you can understand the ways people engage with your content. And that's what leads to just growth for marketers as individuals, but also for growth as marketing in, in its role within any organization. I think that's something we should all be striving for. Absolutely. And I am seeing more support for creative, more support for content, more support for brand. And I think perhaps, you know, coming out of the pandemic, it just became so obvious the need for human connection and how important um, brand is with a business. And that when you can't literally be in front of your audience, like the importance of that human connection really matters to revenue. And you know, that community, that human connection comes from brand and content and all the, all the blog posts and all the videos and all of the, all of those feel good touch points and all of those opportunities to be seen as and and experienced as a trusted advisor by your audience that matters. And I think that that, that light switch actually turned the light on for a lot of people that were kind of skeptical about it and saw everything that we're talking about is like soft and really top of funnel. And that's going to happen anyway. And how do you measure it? Well, it's important because you know what happens when it goes away? Really bad things. (laughs) The connective tissue Um, is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think we're seeing, I'm seeing, I, I mean, just to my experience, I'm seeing more openness by leadership to say, okay, we know that we, this needs to happen. Now there is the counterbalance of budget, not supporting it always, but there is more support for more creative endeavors to that like like what we're talking about, which is really, really great. And there's more and more software and more companies and more services to help marketers make it happen. The, the conversation is shifting and human connection is more respected now than I think it was in the past. More technology leads to more humanity and more creativity. Who would have thunk it? You know? Completely agree. I love it. Well, this was a great conversation, Lindsay. We really appreciate you joining us and talking about amplified marketing. Uh, something that we're definitely going to be talking a lot with our team about as a mindset. And it was a great conversation. Before we go, though, we have what we call the lightning round. And we're just going to ask you a couple of quick questions and that you can rattle off answers to as they come to mind. I'm ready. All right. 
Number one, what was the last thing that you searched? Honestly, honestly, honestly <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. Pillar-based marketing pre-order. Oh, oh man. Oh. <laughs> right before the show, right before the show, I saw that you had posted about it on LinkedIn and I lost it and I opened it up right before the show. Did that work? Did you find it? I did. Oh, Looking I at it right it. now. Amazing. All right. Ryan, you are a superstar. I'm not going to say rock star because there was just a Super Bowl commercial that was talking about marketers calling each other rock stars too much. So I won't say rock star. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll take, I'll take whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lindsay. Any marketing myths that you've busted during your, your career journey? I, literally what we were just talking about, that the soft stuff doesn't matter, that the creative stuff is fluff, that um, early in my marketing journey, I thought that the, the creative brand stuff that I really, really loved was extra and that I had to learn how to do the more the stuff that I thought that was more measurable. Um, they're both important. Not one is not more important than the other, but um, my heart is in the brand and content, and it absolutely matters. Uh, it absolutely can be measurable, and uh, it's really, really important. Myth busted. Go boom. I love it. Boom. Broken. I love it. Okay. And finally, your best prediction for SEO trends in 2023 and beyond. I'm just going to keep the. I'm just going to keep this. I'm pulling at this thread. I think that um, 2023. I think that marketers this year and beyond are going to say, all right, I know that human connection matters from pandemic times, like now more than ever. Also, I know that my budget is under more scrutiny now more than ever. How can I be creative and also prove value to the business? And there are ways to do it. And that's true for all of marketing. And I think it's absolutely true for SEO. Like the most human brand ultimately wins, even with SEO, you're ultimately creating for humans. You know what you just triggered in my mind, Lindsay? I don't know how, like I've been engaged in this whole AI generative content and AI search stuff uh, because it's my world that I live in. I'm moderating a panel on AI and marketing at Midwest Digital Marketing Conference in a few months. Um, and I just now realized how much of a slap in the face it is for Google to call their AI tool Bard. Like to take Shakespeare away from us writers is like such a slap in the face. But I agree with you 100%. Like there's going to be, uh, I think to add to what you're saying, I think there's going to be a division and we're going to start learning what kind of questions we'll trust something like Bard with and which ones we need a human being. And there's still a lot of questions we're going to need a human being for. And it's I, true. And yeah. don't forget at the end of the day, SEO is good. Chat GPT is good. All of this stuff is good yeah, yeah. if you use it in the right way and you use it to fuel your creative human mind. Couldn't couldn't have put it better myself yeah, if I had a thousand tries. You totally could have, which is why I wrote a book about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 very fair. <laughs> All right, well. Lindsay, thanks again for being an awesome guest. This was a great conversation. Before we let you go, is there anything you'd like to tell us uh, about Casted and what's next? Um, I mean, you should probably come get to know us if you don't already. We're at casted.us and come chat with me. I'm very active on the LinkedIn's. And yes, we're very, Drew and I are happy customers of uh, Casted. Um, and likewise. It's already, yeah, it's it's driving some really cool stuff. Like every day at work when we go to the office, we're hearing people on our team talking about how cool it is they can use it and what it's doing and really does supercharge that creative spirit like we're talking about here. Well, thank you. Same, same. It absolutely does. We love Demand Jump too. Well, thanks again, Lindsay. Uh, and we'll do it again. Sounds good. Page One or Bust is brought to you by Demand Jump. Know the exact content to create to increase first page rankings and drive outcomes with Demand Jump. Get started for free today at demandjump.com.